tell me more about how his eyes look, Simon. It's almost <laughs> as if Simon enjoys being chastised by Baz or something. Like, is this how you describe your enemies? It's really not. Hot. Yeah, like, basically. <laughs> I feel like I just want to be, like, quote-unquote enemies for every time we bring up Baz. You want to get sexy? Yeah, let's get to the sexy stuff. Hello, and welcome to Escape from Reality, a podcast where two queer IRL witches talk about the Simon Snow universe. I am Lark Malachi Gray. And I'm Desi Blount. And today we are still not talking about the book, but we have a very special surprise for you if you have not checked out the title or the show notes, and that we are talking about the exclusive fan fiction zine that Rainbow Row <laughs> created, which is an alternative universe of the Simon Snow series. And for those of you who are familiar with fan fiction, it is a uh, flower shop tattoo parlor alternative universe meet cute. I think we should say for anyone who's like, shit, I should go read that. If you don't have it, you can't read it um so it was like an a limited edition exclusive that came with the scattered showers book that she released recently if you pre-ordered it through like her hometown bookstore so this for a lot of you is probably going to be like the closest that you get to reading it which i think is really cool or you can probably pirate it but yeah it's, it's very i feel like this is as close as we're going to get to like a deep cut like deep cut <laughs> yeah and we're gonna like you know give you a thorough rundown of it we're going to assume that no one but us has read it so we'll talk about it in a way that's like really accessible so yeah s- stay uh stay and enjoy this conversation you don't need to go read it because you probably can't so yeah <laughs> my summer's gonna be a little different today because i could not resist starting off as if you as if i was reading you a fan fiction from archive of our own (laughs) amazing (laughs) yes we're going to be talking about the first half of this here exclusive au zine um and in honor of this most fan fiction of fan fiction literature i'm going to be doing the summary as if i was reading to lark from uh archive of our own (laughs) and to all of you i guess so My Rosebud Boy by Rainbow Rowell, uh, fandom, Simon Snow-related media, rated T. No archive warnings apply. Tags. Simon Snow, Tyrannus, Basilton, quote-unquote, Bass, Pitch, Penelope Bunce, Alternative Universe Human, Alternative Universe No Powers, Alternative Universe Flower Shop, and Tattoo Parlor. Aged up characters, Florist Simon, Florist Penny, Tattoo Artist Bass, Fluff, Me Cute, Tattoos, Bad tattoos, seriously bad tattoos, the language of flowers, Davy is an asshole in every universe, Baz and suits, dirtbag Simon Snow, Simon Snow has a pain kink, slow burn, but not as slow as in carry on, thank God. 200, <laughs> 222,500 words. Perfect. Uh, so my real summary. Uh, Flora Simon has a job he loves 
a ton of terrible tattoos, and a crush on the hot guy who works at the tattoo parlor next door. Thankfully, one day the hot guy comes in to buy flowers and offers Simon a cover-up of one of his many tattoos, a tragic misspelling of his dead mom's name. Simon goes to House of Pitch a few days later, where Baz, the proprietor, explains his idea for a cover-up, which involves a new font and some rosebuds. When Baz actually gets to it, Simon gets to spend some time with Baz talking about their respective tattoo philosophies and the frankly baffling way Baz runs his business. During the tattooing itself, Simon gets to admire Baz and reflect on his own romantic type, people with their shit together more than him. <laughs> anyway, another tattoo session, Baz covers up a very mid-tattoo with another rose and afterwards the boys go to dinner. We learned Baz started tattoo designs in art school because his roomie had a bad tat that offended Baz's aesthetic sensibilities and found a market for that. And he got into tattooing, for real, for real, shortly afterwards. He likes to fix things, our Baz, something that feels true in all universes. He offers a cover-up of where Simon has his ex's name tattoos, Agatha and Jeremy, respectively, that end up being more flowers. But what Simon really wants is a huge tattoo on his back of, wait for it, wings. Baz was thinking more like feathery rings, but someone wants something more badass, more monstrous, like say, red dragon wings with spikes. <laughs> Baz, a true artist, can do that, but he wants the wings to be big, like down the backs of Simon's upper arms and across his back big. Baz ends up sketching the design on Simon's bare back and pen, something Simon finds pleasurable and the end result is fucking cool as hell. And maybe, just maybe, he should let Baz fix all of his terrible tattoos. Yep. To be continued. Dun, dun, dun. I mean, maybe not dun, dun. Yeah, like, I don't know. Twinkle, twinkle. <laughs> yeah, twinkling, twinkling song. Whatever goes to a, like, to be continued for something that is cute yep. <laughs> and fluffy. And now we're going to enter... Easy come, easy go, where we talk about everything that doesn't go anywhere else. I love that the first thing that they bond over is hating cheap flowers. That's great. <laughs> it is really great. Although, like, I mean, whatever. I'm not bougie about flowers, maybe, although that might get called into question with some things I say in this episode. But I personally am like, Garbara daisies are like so colorful and fun and you can dye them different colors and they wilt in like two days, which sucks. But for the two days that they're around, they're just little pops of, of joy. Yeah, I feel like I... <laughs> Uh, I really don't buy flowers. The majority of the flowers that I acquire decoratively are, have been trash picked at my local farmer's market because mm -hmm. there's always like clippings of flowers everywhere in like the spring and summer. And I'm always just like, as opposed to just being in a dumpster, it could be in my house for a few days. So, yeah. Yeah. I used to, when I lived near a Trader Joe's, which now I don't at all, but I used to stop and buy myself flowers after therapy every week because... Trader Joe's has really cheap flowers. And it was just such a nice, it was such a nice ritual. <laughs> yeah, flowers are really cool. I like how Penny is pretentious as fuck about the flowers. She's like, uh, Simon, you and your roses. <laughs> it's just like. <sighs> Penny, I love you. <laughs> In every, it's every. Exactly universe. our Penny. Yeah. Yes. 
It's like on, I think, the first page of the zine. And I just laughed out loud. And I'm like, okay, well, (laughs) at least I got that (laughs) out of it. Because I didn't know where this was going when I picked it up. Right. Um, So assume that no one has read it. So say more about uh, what you mean. Sorry. So, um, which is to say anyone who has read the Carry On series knows that I think we were all sort of like with any way the wind blows. Like, how is this going to work out? between Simon and Beth. And I really had it in my mind up until the very end that it could go either way. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like, either she's going to give us the happy ending or they're going to break up and be fucking crushed. Mm -hmm. Um, And so with my Rosebud boy, it's like, is this going to be fluff and angst? Is this going to be pure fluff? It could go either way. Right. Um, But I felt that just... The laugh of Simon being like, oh, I love roses and Penny being like pretentious about it. (laughs) It's like, okay, well, no matter how this ends, this is at least starting off very fun. Right. But like the pretentious thing is. Oh, sorry. Uh, The pretentious thing is that Penny is essentially like roses are basic. Mm -hmm. Why would you love something so basic? And Simon is just like, they're roses. They're they're great. They make me happy. And I'm like, I feel like a lot of people feel that way and yeah i'm just sort of like roses are pretty i mean it's sort of like it's very cliche but unlike a lot of things that are cliche i feel like roses in a lot of ways live up to that yeah i think that roses have a lot of potential um i love the way that they are like just at complete odds so like the first the, the thing that they're packing with the Garbera daisies, I don't know if that's how you say that word, whatever, is like for someone's anniversary. And Simon is like, these are not romantic flowers. Like, you need roses. And Penny is like, A of all, they did not pay for roses. And B of all, which is like, such, she's still such a Virgo. She's like, fuck these people. They're too cheap for roses. <laughs> and... B of all, like, here's the, like, symbolism of Garbara daisies. They're not such a bad anniversary thing. And Simon's like, absolutely fuck that. Flowers are about aesthetics. And I don't know. It's such a different iteration of their friendship vibe, but somehow exactly the same. And I think that's lovely. Yeah. No, it is. It's really great. Just to see them bicker about something very low stakes, because usually we see them in a lot of mid to high stakes situations. And this is just like, they're BFFs who work together and they're having a probably much, like they probably have been having this argument once a day for as long as they've both been working at this flower Yeah, shop. yeah. And it's just, it's just really great because we know them when they're having in such in a lot of ways, low points of their lives. And it's just really refreshing to be like, oh, we're just Penny's being a nerd about the language of flowers. And Simon's like, I literally don't give a fuck. Yeah. 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 And then I love that. I love that what happens is like Baz comes in using the pretense of buying flowers so that he can be like, Simon, your tattoo is so terrible that I haven't been able to stop thinking about it for literal months. I need you to let me fix your tattoo. And it's clear that he is like, not there to buy flowers, does not care about flowers. He's like, I'll just take whatever it is that you're working on right now. And they're like, no, these are, these are orders. But 
before they can say that he's like actually no i won't i won't take the one that simon is working on because i hate those flowers (laughs) but like it's just so it's such a like rom-com moment for him to be like i'm here for whatever it is you do for a job so that i can talk to you because i see you every day when i walk by the window (laughs) right (laughs) it's so good right yeah and i feel like doesn't even simon even comment either simon or penny where they're like yeah he like is really often admiring the flowers in the window and it's like (laughs) my sweet summer child he is admiring you in the window (laughs) just as much as you are admiring him in the window uh i won't lie i do love the the victorians were a bunch of repressed whack jobs it's so funny (laughs) simon's reasoning for not wanting to learn anything about the language of flowers which is deeply funny i mean he's not wrong he is not wrong (laughs) (laughs) um i have so little in this segment so this is my last thing um is just that aesthetically baz's tattoo shop sounds terrible it sounds like the worst doctor's office there's no art there's like nothing there's a waiting room which simon doesn't really describe but it sounds like it's just like white walls and probably like black leather furniture if i had to guess he says it feels like an astur therapist's office which is like therapy waiting rooms are already usually like really bare and boring so if it's like even more bare than that yeah i'm like i don't know i like my tattoo shops to have like a chandelier you know and like cute stuff and feel homey a like personal touch yeah it is truly baffling i'm like i don't think in real life you would want to go to this tattoo parlor no it should at least feel like an artistic space you know in some way it should feel like an artistic space i'm like baz you went to art school and you can't like paint a mural on the wall or something i guess i guess my thinking of it was it i I mean i guess in my imagining of his tattoo parlor it's a little bit more (sighs) goth minimalist like maybe the walls are like a dark gray or a dark green or something um, just because I'm thinking back to the aesthetic of the pitch family home mm-hmm. and how Simon is like, it is super goth in here. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. I still wouldn't look at a tattoo. No. No matter how hot Baz was. <laughs> yeah. I would definitely assume it was either a front or this dude was going to serial murder me. <laughs> Which Simon kind of does assume and is like, whatever he might be a vampire kind of seems like one but that's okay he's hot i'm gonna i'm gonna go in there i do really hate this tattoo so yeah i i love the i love the just not at canon about both penny and simon being like or penny's like oh you so see you talked to the vampire next door yeah <laughs> just the several times about best yeah. like a vampire oh, it's so good <sighs> Uh, I think my last couple of things in this section are just some of the canon references we get that I was really amused by. Okay. Um, Also, the fact that I think it is literally in the first, also on the first page, Simon almost basically saying, 
fucking Davy derogatory made yeah. my entire life. Yeah, it was so good. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, listeners in this, um, Davy is the name of the flower shop owner who mm-hmm. we don't have any idea, at least in the first half, what his connection to Simon's mom was, but he, like, promised her on her deathbed, which was when Simon was 19, but... Uh, that he would take care of Simon. And I'm like, but he's 19. Anyway, um, so that's why Simon has this job, presumably. And like, that's all we know about Davey is that and the fact that he kind of sucks. Yeah, which is like, of course, he would just suck in every, yeah, every iteration. <laughs> um, also, I have to, okay, I have to check this with you because I did not go back and check my book. Is Gareth... The kid in Carry On who has the belt buckle. Sure is. Uh, so in in this in this uh, story, Gareth is the one to have given Simon his first tattoo and to have misspelled Lucy by throwing an O in there mm-hmm. um, because he was also drunk, giving a drunk Simon a tattoo, which, side note, I would really not recommend any of those, either of those two things. I feel like I know, I've, I have met multiple people in college who got like, tattoos when they were drunk by someone else who was drunk on like spring break and stuff and i'm just like but why yeah why yeah. would you do that for so many um, reasons health reasons outcome reasons yes don't do that um yeah but i just love the name dropping of that dude being like he drunkenly gave me a tattoo and misspelled lucy yeah <laughs> which i have a hard time spelling things just because of the sort of cluster of the way that my learn disabilities factor up but that's really unfortunate to have misspelled your friend's dead mom's name that contains four letters yeah really, i feel like really the only bad. appropriate misspelling of lucy would be to end it with an ie instead of a y that i could understand how you end up with lou is beyond me lousy that's the terrible thing, the only thing i can think of is if you think of like loose, like in loose change, and you're like spelling that, and then you realize halfway through, it's like, oh, wait, not like loose change. It's like Lucy the person. <laughs> but then you've already. But you've loose, already like are, loose change is a double O. Yeah, like he started the O, realized what he was trying to spell, and then went to the U. Okay. And then just like X'd out the O. I love it when people fix tattoos like that. Um, and by love, I mean, in a like, oh, my God, kind of way, not in a like, excellent work kind of way. Yeah, especially by what I'm imagining is Gareth was like, y'all, I got a tattoo gun. Does anyone want a tattoo like at a party? Yeah, totally. And Simon is like drinking his through his guilt. So he's like, yes, please, let me tell you. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, no. I follow this amazing tattoo account. That just like rounds up terrible tattoos. And oh, wow. they're so, so distressing. Um, it's mostly really funny, but when they post videos of people getting tattoos in like deeply unhygienic circumstances, it can actually be like a little bit upsetting and I can't watch. But like just the tattoos that they post, which often include misspelled things with just an X through them. oh no (laughs) really funny and i definitely recommend it to anyone with the kind of sense of humor that i have i will have to take a look at that i guess my last thing 
is, which I had to put in giant capital letters because the way that I screamed <laughs> when I got to the part where Simon and Baz are like at eating dinner at the pub and Simon's already got his his second cover up. And he's like, I really want like wings, like dragon wings. And I'm like, oh my God, Simon, <laughs> you just want to be a dragon always. <laughs> and I love you. Yeah, it's really great. It's really great. And the fact that Baz's reaction is basically the same as book <laughs> reaction where it's like, but why, like, why do you have devil wings? Like if of all the wings you could have, why are those the ones that you got? <laughs> and um, this Baz is like, but I, I drew you these beautiful feathery ones. Like, why would you want not beautiful feathery ones? And I feel like this Baz in this story definitely would have been like, not never tell Simon this, but like was like, oh man, I'm gonna give you like some like cool like birds of prey wings or some like something like really colorful, like some kind of tropical bird. And Simon's like, no, I want fucking dragon wings. He's like, God damn it. <laughs> you fucking kidding me, my dude. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so good. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess Simon does know that, though, right? Because he draws all of the tattoos, like he draws out all these feathery ones. And Simon's like, no, no. I guess I wasn't sure if if Baz's initial sketch was in color, because if it was just like in black and white, it would just look like wings. But I I would bet money that Baz had a very specific bird in mind. I don't know what bird that would be, but I bet he did. That makes (laughs) sense. Yeah, though I gotta say, I'm Team Simon on this. If you get feathery wings tattooed on your whole back, it looks like you were going for angel wings, you know? Yeah. Yeah, unless you pick something really distinctive, like bluebird wings or something, or just straight up black wings, I suppose. But I guess even with black wings, it just looks like you're a goth. Yeah, Yeah. you're a goth angel and not like you bought your wings at Hot Topic. (laughs) (laughs) So, Yeah. yeah, I mean, Obviously, as someone who loves dragons, I'm like, yeah, obviously, fucking dragon wings. That's fucking rad. So, yeah, as much as I love birds, I got I also got to be on Simon's side with this. Welcome to I See a Little Silhouette of a Man, where we talk about character development. Yeah, so shall we start with, like, this version of our characters versus book version of our characters? Which I guess I we've we already kind of been doing, but... Yeah. Can we start with Simon? Yeah. I think what I like here is that in our conversations about Wayward Son, we're, like, often talking about what kind of job Simon could do after the events of the series that would be a thing that he would enjoy. And I don't know if Canon Simon would enjoy flower arranging being a florist, but I also feel like this just feels, it feels like a good fit for Simon as a character. Yeah. For a Simon that hasn't been as like thoroughly traumatized, I think, because I do feel like, well, and I mean, this is also Simon at 30, as opposed to 20, which I think he is in, in Wayward Son. Yeah, like a Simon at 30 who, like, knew his mom. 
Right. And like, essentially was able to grow up with her, you know? Right. Yeah, because I do think, you know, our Simon, he's he's too, he has too much like energy in him all the time to do something as like specific and careful as like floral arrangement. I think that's something that has him around like like i feel like simon could grow the flowers like he could do something where he has to like be weeding all day and like out in the sun and like whatever but like the arranging part i don't think our simon could like get into the space to do that because when he's still he's sad i feel like yeah but i can see a health like a a healthier childhooded version of that simon being totally able to like get his physical energy out in one place and like be able to get in the zone to create beautiful floral arrangements. Yeah. Especially since he's just kind of like, I just kind of, you know, like we get in the first few pages where he just sort of constructs on the cuff, uh, uh, a bouquet of flowers for bads where he's just kind of like, I like this flower and this is really cool. And this is like really nice. And, um, Penny again makes fun of him because it's like like one thing is like baby's breath which I feel like there is definitely a time where like you would see that a lot in like floral arrangements and like like he didn't put anything like super fancy in this flower arrangement and like honestly it's like mostly white and green with like one like pop of blue mm-hmm. is the sort of floral I have to look up all the flowers to figure out what colors they were so I'm like yeah. what am I imagining in my head um I think having a job where he's just sort of like essentially has a sort of creative control to kind of just like feel his way through what he thinks is an appropriate floral arrangement for the situation mm-hmm. is really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he still has the same like taste in people, which is people who think that they're better than him. Um, <laughs> who, you know, then leave when they realize that he is, actually just a disaster which is i think sort of how things went with agatha and that seemingly in this universe just like in carry on that is resolved by finding someone who thinks that they're better than him and is an i can fix that person which is that's who literally says i can fix that like 12 times in the first <laughs> half of the scene <laughs> he loves to fix yeah he Baz is... is still a virgo moon in this world yeah i'm about to say very big virgo energy. <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh, yeah so and i yeah i think for me the biggest thing is that it's just i think not only just seeing a like calmer more chill more like sure of himself simon is a simon that's not burdened by his like tragic chosen one past and present right you know like he has regular worries you know yeah like crushing on some hot dude that and it isn't like we're on you know opposite sides of some kind of weird blood feud you know or this push and pull between good and evil it's just like oh the hot dude next door like, right. How do I talk to him? Yeah. <laughs> Does he know that I am a, a, a dirtbag? <sighs> yeah. It's just refreshing. <laughs> yeah. The the quickness with which he um, makes sure that Baz sees that he does not only have a girl's name tattooed on him. Like, so, yeah, what happens is 
you know, Baz is looking at the the Lucy tattoo and is like, who's this, your girlfriend? And he's like, God, no, it's my dead mom. But like, I do have some ex's name or like I, I did. And he doesn't say it explicitly because he doesn't say more than one at first. But like, yes, I don't get ex's names tattooed on me anymore. And the first one that he shows is that he has Agatha on his wrist, but then immediately flips his hand over to show that he also has Jeremy tattooed on a finger, which I can't visualize. But oh, actually, okay. So I don't know if you noticed on the cover, there's a little detail. Oh, shit. Of Jeremy on his hand. Oh, it's written down his finger. That's bizarre. Okay. I guess I was sort of... This is so silly. I guess I was envisioning it... Like, you remember how everyone in the, like, 2010s would get, like, mustaches tattooed on the inside of their index fingers? They could go, like, I'm, I yeah. have a little mustache. I guess I was imagining the name being there, but it makes more sense to be more prominent than on the inside of his finger. I just feel like... I was like, if it's tattooed like a ring, that like makes more sense to me because I guess it's just like how sexual it feels to me to be like, this is the finger I use for Jeremy. You know? Oh my God, I didn't <laughs> just, think about that. That's what <laughs> kept catching me when I was like, surely not like that, right? But apparently, yes, like that. Okay, wait. So wait, now that we're bringing this up, I do not remember who the fuck Jeremy is from the books. No from one. Canon. Okay. Yeah, no, we don't know a Jeremy. He is unique to this this zine. All right, good. I was like, glad I wasn't just like, who in canon is that? All right. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, a thing that I really, really love about this, Simon, because I feel like it's a thing that we don't see very often, is him being like, part of what his exes have not liked about him is that like he's not going to go back to school he's not going to get a better job and not in a like because he thinks that he's worthless way but in a like i like my job way and having just talked about star trek in our last episode like that's one of the things that makes me really happy about next generation is that in the beginning everyone's like constantly trying to promote Riker and like give him his own ship and at some point he's like I love my job actually and like I don't think there's necessarily value in being captain just because I'm good at it like I'm fucking first mate on the Enterprise it's the flagship of the Federation like all my friends work here why why would I leave and I think that more people should be like do I want a promotion actually if I like my job am I obligated for some reason to do a different job just because it's quote unquote better this is how i feel about being a manager where i'm like i don't want to be a manager and i've been in managerial positions where i'm like wow i hate this so like my goal is to be like don't ever want to do that again right (laughs) because it like fucking sucks find a thing that you like and then you know get raises for having been there for a long time and doing your job well but don't I don't know it just shouldn't be like conditional upon doing a different job than the one that like you're getting promoted because you're good at that just seems so weird to me anyway yeah I think it's uh, I don't know if it's a like contemporary office culture thing but I feel like it is really I feel like I've been in a lot of places where it's like cool you're good at this one really specific thing So we're going to promote you to a job that's like 
only maybe half of what you're doing before or in reality here's like another extra workload of things on top of your uh, your other workload and maybe you don't want those other things but you're good at, th- at doing this one thing so cool you'd be good at doing twice as much stuff and it's yeah. like no i'm not yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you've been deceived <laughs> yeah yeah i fully support people just being happy with whatever they are doing even if it's not quote unquote prestigious or whatever the fuck things you want to feel about your life and like i don't know being a florist is fucking cool like yeah you know it'd be hard for simon opening his own fucking business who wants to do that you have to do like 80 billion other things that are not hanging with your bff arranging flowers yep exactly i respect that yeah um do you have more simon stuff i don't baz let's talk about baz so despite the zine being written in like third person omniscient, uh, we're still mostly getting the zine from Simon's perspective. We don't really ever get an insight into Baz's thoughts during the course of this scene. I, I'm not, it's not really a spoiler, but like we only really get Simon's perspective. Um, but there's still a lot to infer about Baz. And I feel like, <sighs> I just love still what a what a pretentious like was Baz okay so we talked about his really ridiculous tattoo parlor with no art and no portfolio and he's just like either you're gonna want to come to me and you're not and I'm like wow my dude yeah we didn't actually talk about the no portfolio part yet oh yeah he has no he has no portfolio he will not show you images of his tattoos um he has no, he doesn't do flash. He also doesn't do stencils. Uh, he's just like, you come here, I tattoo you. And that's that. And yeah, that's wild. <laughs> yeah, that's not a thing that I would, uh, I mean, okay. So first off, I like don't have any tattoos, which is one day. <laughs> but it's like, I've had my, like, I follow a bunch of tattoo artists on Instagram that I'm like interested in getting tattoo from. And I'm like, if they just didn't ever post tattoos that they had done or like tattoos, even like the designs of tattoos, I'd be like, why would I go to, how would I know this is what I was going to have like permanently? I mean, I guess this is, this whole zine is sort of about how not as permanent you can get things covered up, but still I'm like, how do you run a business? Like this? So it is interesting because he says, like, by the time someone makes an appointment with me, they already know that they want a tattoo from me. And, like, word of mouth is definitely a thing. And especially if you specialize in, like, really good cover-ups, that's, like, yeah. a, a whole specialty. I still, even if I saw my friend's excellent cover-up, would want to see a portfolio of your other excellent cover-ups. But, like, I can see him, like, not having an active Instagram. A, because having an Instagram is, like, a whole-ass job and sucks. Um, I mean, it's fun. But, like, if it's not something that you get joy out of, then it's not. It's just, like, a chore. Yeah. And if you have enough business, I don't know. Like, because Evan, my partner, is, like, constantly booked out for, like, a year and a half. And... Like he doesn't have a website. Like his URL, his website URL just sends you to his Instagram because I like never got around to building his website. But like he doesn't need one because he's 
constantly booked because his clients talk to other people who then are like, I want you to work, like, I want you to do a thing for me. And so it's like, you can do a lot less advertising when you specialize in something and people tell each other about it, I think. Yeah. And I think we could also assume that Baz does not have a website or an Instagram, at least for his business, because Simon mentions looking up like people who have gotten tattoos by Baz. And it's just like other people showing off their like incredible cover ups. Yeah. I would guess that there's a hashtag that like other people like his clients have started like the person I, who did my top surgery has a hashtag on Instagram, but like barely mentions on his website that he does top surgery, presumably because it would scare away all of the like mean white ladies that are probably his primary customers. But like, yeah. And I guess also being in Michigan, it's probably a wise, unfortunately a wise decision. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's probably like hashtag house of pitch. And it's yeah. just like, yeah, a bunch of people who are like, look at this rad like cover up. Yeah. I do. I do seriously love that even though Baz come in, comes in to buy flowers and is like, Simon, let me cover up this terrible misspelling that like that's a reason to talk to him. I think he genuinely is enraged by Simon's terrible tattoos. Like it wasn't just an excuse to talk to his crush. It was also like, oh my God, I cannot stand the idea of someone this hot having these terrible tattoos. Yeah. I mean, I think he means it when he's like, I got into this because bad tattoos make me feel miserable, which is like, okay, Virgo Moon. <laughs> like, of course they do. Um, He's just driven to fix them, which is a great reason to get into specializing in cover-ups. That's lovely. Yeah. But you don't have to be such a wanker about it. (laughs) I mean, I guess we can assume, though, that... Okay, so one of the other big things that has attracted Simon to Baz is that Baz, like, runs his own business. He's a tattoo artist. He shows up in like two and three piece suits, like mm-hmm. constantly. Like Simon has maybe only once seen him and like he's got his like football clothes on because he came back from like came back or going to play sports. Yeah. You know? And that's it. <laughs> and I'm just like, so you're still like a rich, pretentious fuck about. Yeah. So And he has no tattoos, I think also is incredibly relevant, which like makes yeah. me feel sad because I wanted a tattooed Baz, but... um, Yeah, that is also in Simon's, like, you sure you're not going to axe murder me? Because I've never met a tattoo artist that didn't have any tattoos, which I... I feel like feels like a legitimate criticism. (laughs) Yeah, especially because a lot of tattoo school is tattooing each other. Like, that's how... Like, (laughs) whether you're going to an actual school or, like, you're apprenticing somewhere, like, you tattoo yourself... There's a lot of getting tattooed involved in becoming a tattoo artist. Yeah. Yes. I don't know. I guess I assume, I guess I don't know if they teach you in tattoo school. I would assume that Baz did not go to tattoo school. He just used his fine arts degree (laughs) and like transfer it over into tattooing skin. That's not a thing. I mean, some people teach themselves how to tattoo on like you can buy like fake skin and you can use like citrus fruits and stuff, but you really do want to learn from someone who knows what they're doing. You know, drawing on skin with a vibrating 
heavy piece of machinery is very different from drawing on a piece of paper. So yeah, that's true. So yeah, this Baz is very mysterious, but in a lot of ways also very similar <laughs> to our uh, lovesick canon Baz that we all know and love. Yeah. Only he's not eating rats in the alley behind his shop. Correct. Probably. Probably. <laughs> Welcome to Caught in a Landslide, where we rant about stuff. So Simon is, like, kind of basic. (laughs) (laughs) Are you talking about specifically the tattoos that he has? And his taste in flowers, actually. This is why I was like, I think I might contradict myself as we go on, because, like... Okay, so I have a friend who calls, like, roses that are all one color landlord roses. (laughs) (laughs) The super cheap roses that you can buy to, like, plant on your property to be like, look, I am a good landlord who does landscaping, but Mm -hmm. they're, like, very affordable, right? Yeah. And... That seems to be like what si- when when Simon's like red roses he he doesn't mean like any of the incredible roses with like gradients and stripes and like so many colors that are just truly wonderful flowers that anyone would want in a bouquet like what a cool fucking flower a plain red rose is like the only thing more boring than that to put in a bouquet is a plain white rose. <laughs> Simon likes both. And I just like He my, sure does. My guy. Bless. <laughs> it's it is it is really funny. Here, so I'm gonna send you some pictures. Um, because even Simon says he's putting red roses in this bouquet of the daisies that he thinks are too boring or whatever. So here is what a bouquet of orange garbara daisies and red roses looks like. Okay. It's really fussy. I just feel like all everything that he's doing is like really fussy. <laughs> but this actually has like multiple colors of the both the roses and the daisies, so it's like more fun even than Yeah, and there's and there's like it looks it looks like some like fern leaves or something like that to like break it up to Yeah. So then I was like, okay, that seems really, but like, if you do this, for instance, if he was putting yellow roses in, it's like, oh, that's kind of exciting. There's like, not fussiness going on here. And then here is the closest thing I could find to what he makes for Baz, which also unbelievably fussy. And, like, I think you mentioned earlier, like, I don't know if there is anything fussier than baby's breath. Like, what a tacky fucking flower. <laughs> I mean, I think part of it is, yeah, that, that looks actually pretty similar to what I was sort of envisioning. I mean, yeah, there's some, like, so there's, like, a couple of just, like, straight-up green plants. But because it's mostly, like, white flowers, especially, like, white roses, a little bit of blue, it just feels like he's handing Baz a, like, a bouquet of someone's, like, very basic like wedding party 
almost everything that I found with that combination of flowers in it was wedding bouquets. Yeah, and obviously, <laughs> so much fucking baby's breath. I just... yeah, which I think, and I was also reading. I think, and I think, I wonder if part of it is that, like, I don't know, maybe it's just from like '90s pop culture, like osmosis, because like baby's breath in floor arrangements apparently was really popular in the '90s. I mean, it is a it's a filler flower. It takes up space. It goes around the edges of like corsages and stuff. Yeah, I'm sure you saw, I'm sure there's a lot of prom corsages that involve baby's breath. Yeah. It's just yeah, it's all so like fussy and boring. <laughs> just really sad about it. And then <laughs> I was like leg- and right, all of the I don't know, he gets a lily of the valley tattoo, which is like a little bit more obscure and fine, I guess. But like I was shocked that Baz was like, oh, I want to do flowers around these wings when like a wing back tattoo is also, like Baz says, incredibly cliche. Don't do that. But then Baz is like, let me put roses around your back tattoo. I was like, sir, I thought you had taste. Like what? Why? (laughs) This is like the most cliche fucking thing you could do you can't think of a cooler flower okay okay but yes number one you're correct number two the fact that roses are like basically like all about like love and beauty and desire is very much like (laughs) the best sort of doing this unspoken to simon where it's like i think you're lovely and you're you're beautiful I assumed he just did it because he knew that Simon was into roses. And I think that, and it just also makes me think that I, I feel like a dialyzed rose still looks better than like, right, a grocery store, just perfectly engineered red rose, you know? Yeah. So, especially if you throw some, some of the thorns up in there and then you get, I mean, I mean, that's also still cliche, but I mean, everything about red roses is pretty cliche, but I... I feel like there's a way it could be done where it's not like, I mean, it's still kind of cliche, but I guess compared to all of Simon's other very basic tattoos, this is clearly just a thing that he enjoys. Yeah, I, yes, I think Simon doesn't have great taste. (laughs) (laughs) Which is also very great. (laughs) I'm just, you know. I think it's, I guess it's just refreshing because I feel like if you're doing basically this like fan fiction zine, you could have, you could have really poured over meetings and like made him have a like really obscure, beautiful flower is the thing that he's really into. But it's just, I think just more funny for him to just be like, oh, I just like red roses. <laughs> like, yeah, because his mom called him her rosebud boy and he got to know that it was about him in this world. I know. It's cute. I I'm just saying there are so many cooler <laughs> colors of roses and also wrote like the rose tattoo with his mom's name. Fine. Like incredibly, incredibly cliche, but fine. Like it's special specific to them. I think you're right though. I do kind of love that. Like this is what the Simon who's like, what the fuck will I wear when I don't have to wear a uniform anymore? Penny can choose for me. Penny who also has no taste, can choose for (laughs) me. Like, this is what that Simon looks like in this world, is like, 
no, I got a Fight Club line tattooed on my back, and I just fucking love red roses, just plain red roses. <laughs> like, okay. like, like, not even a like cool like shape, like cultivar of a rose. Not no like heritage breed roses. No, straight up grocery store. Red. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <sighs> Uh, uh, go ahead I was sorry I also realized I was really trying to think hard about what his fight club tattoo would be and then I'm just like I don't have the energy to look this up but I don't know either I like yeah. died when I read that line I was also <laughs> like oh no Simon. that was also a drug tattoo wasn't it right that was like his second tattoo uh, and I'm sure yeah. it's just floating like it sounds like a lot of Simon's tattoos are just floating, which is like one of the worst things. And listeners, what I mean by that is when a tattoo is not like anchored on your body in a way that like makes sense on the body part it's on. So it just like, whatever the tattoo is, it could be a great tattoo. And if it's not placed well, it makes it a lot less great of a tattoo. So if it's already a bad tattoo on your back, just somewhere, or like, a winking emoji it sounds like hat like just like where where is that it's like here right is where it makes it sound like because it's yeah on his wrist but like below a name yeah it's near it's near his uh he's near his lucy tattoo yeah i don't know so yes they all just sound like they're just higgledy piggledy placed wherever no one took into account anything about placement when they when they did his tattoos Nope, not a single thing. Welcome to Send Shivers Down My Spine, where we talk about sexy stuff. I just really love how we get very matter-of-factly that Simon has like a pain kink. And that is part of the reason why he likes tattoos. And it's just like, this is the thing I know about myself. And I'm like, how refreshing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just really appreciate that. Where it's like, this is part of why I just have a bunch of random ass tattoos. It's like, my body is whatever, but also I like getting tattooed. And I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. And he's, I, we see him in the process of also like recognizing and very easily accepting that he also has a humiliation kink. And he's just like, yep, love it. Turns out what I want is for someone to be mean to me while giving me a tattoo. This is fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Not to mention, he like literally is like, he tells Baz uh, when talking about tattoos and he's like, only because people like being held down and told what to do. And I'm like, people, Simon, or yourself. (laughs) Because I think you're talking about yourself. (laughs) Yeah. I don't remember what the insult is, but... Simon reflects on having been insulted by Baz by saying, Christ, he was mean. Simon liked him more and more. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (sighs) It's definitely kind of like if you, once you remove the sort of enemies to lovers thing, it's sort of just like, yeah, you're like, oh, I like it when you're mean to me. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm like, that's fair. Mm Mm-hmm. Welcome to Is This Just Fantasy, where we talk about 
uh, technically things and research and stuff. Yes. Yep. <laughs> um. All right. Let's talk about tattoos. Yes, talk about tattoos. So you said that you're gonna. You had some some questions for me. Let's start there. Okay. I guess my first question is. How, like, so, like, how, like, realistic is this, like, tattooing process, I guess, is number one. I mean, we've already talked about the ridiculousness of Baz's uh, whole yeah. <laughs> business. Business model. <laughs> His business model. Um, not using a stencil is bananas, especially if you're doing a cover-up. I mean, there are people in this world who freehand tattoos. It's very uncommon. It's really hard because, like, as you're tattooing, it gets, like, really inky and bloody. And so, like, just freehanding it is, like, I don't know. You'd be spending as much time, like, wiping shit away as you are tattooing, basically. Um, So stencils are really helpful. Also, you have to, like, stretch the skin taut to, like, do your line. And so it, like, warps. But if you have a line to follow, that's not a problem. Mm -hmm. I would not let someone freehand a tattoo on me, no matter how excellent their portfolio was. Absolutely not. That's fair. Yeah. I have enough, like, tiny flaws in tattoos that had stencils to be like, no way, dude. (laughs) absolutely not um it's also really interesting like the idea of baz who has no tattoos looking at a tattoo and being like oh i've designed a cover-up that's gonna work feels really unlikely because if you don't know how tattoos work it's hard to understand how cover-ups can work like i have several cover-up tattoos and you, there's so much that you have to take into account. Like the idea that when Simon's like red dragon wings, Baz is just like, ew, red, as opposed to like, you can't have red dragon wings because you have tattoos all over your back. So like everywhere that you have a tattoo, we have to use black. Like we have to hide that and mm-hmm. you can't tattoo red over black. That doesn't work. So... Yeah, it's just, it's, it's hard, you know, like, that takes a lot of specific knowledge to be able to do, which again, I'm like, that's why you can't freehand this, that's not gonna work. And also, like, the discussion of Simon's wings, I feel is like, very confusing based on what it sounds like his back tattoo situation is to begin with. Mm. I know that Rainbow Rowell has a lot of tattoos. So like, she, she, I, I think is coming to this with like knowledge but i mean i assume i assume that some of the like realism is sort of hand waved away for the meat cute fiction of it but as again someone doesn't have any tattoos i just like wasn't sure i just kind of want to get your thoughts about like what seemed like super like on point about simon's tattooing experience and what was kind of like that was sort of hand waved for the plot because i mean yeah i mean i've seen cover-up tattoos and i feel like Unless it's a like, you know, fully black like cover up. A lot of oh, some of it always is like sort of peeking through, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah, and just listeners, especially younger listeners, never get a tattoo from someone who won't show you pictures of their tattoos and who says that they don't need a stencil. 
never ever do that. Also, you should watch them open the autoclave packaging in front of your eyes and they should change their gloves a lot. Baz gets to hand, gets to be hand waved because he's the romantic lead. Yeah. And he's just great at this thing. Yeah. <laughs> Magically. <laughs> yep. Exactly. But in real life, yes, don't don't take don't take advice from this piece of fiction. Yes. <laughs> people who don't have tattoos. Cool. Will you tell me about flowers? I will. But first I want to tell you about the origin of the flower shop tattoo parlor trope in fan fiction okay i so i didn't know that this was a thing um this is my first my first ever yes yeah so there's like a uh i would say a handful of fan fiction tropes that i've seen a lot where it's like putting your you know the characters that you want to see get together in a variety of situations like coffee shops are really popular bakeries are really popular um and for whatever reason i'm like flower shops specifically in combinations with tattoo parlors so if you think about it it's like you have your sunshiny one at the florist shop and you have your grumpy one at the tattoo parlor and then it's like a meet cute because they're on they're coming from two different not two different worlds but two very different seeming professions Mm -hmm. and it's like you gotta come in to get flowers or whatever anyway so i did like a smidge of research and this is Actually, and there's like 2,000 plus fan fictions on AO3 that are specifically like tattoo parlor, flora shops, AU. Amazing. Amazing. Uh, and apparently this all goes back to one person's Tumblr post in 2014 that I'm going to read for you right now. Okay. I passed a flower shop next to a tattoo shop, and at first I laughed because I thought it was ironic, and then I freaked out because imagine your one true pairing in a florist tattoo artist AU. And this one <laughs> post, and your true pairing is the, like the pairing that you love. And this just launched, just everyone, a lot of people were just like, this is the most incredible AU scenario I've ever heard of. And considering that, Rainbow Rowell has a very robust Tumblr. I'm like, you saw this at some point and you're like, Baz and Simon. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and we know from Fangirl that she is and has been into fanfic, you know? Yeah. I'm sure that she has read more than one in her in her time. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. And, they, and, and like, right, this is essentially, I mean, I guess it's hard to say if it's fan fiction if it's from the actual creator her, herself but it is definitely just sort of a alternative universe of her of her own canon but it just it feels so much like fan fiction it is fan fiction i mean it is fan fiction but i just carry on in itself is fan fiction of the the like fangirl created thing too yeah i mean i guess the like fan part is questionable in this but like when you're doing the like alternate universe thing like you are creating what fan fiction is like she took her characters out of their book and put them somewhere else yeah yeah it is fan fiction it it is it is very much fan fiction and it's just it's just deeply funny cuz i'm like have i ever read fan fiction by the author who's created these characters <laughs> probably not but it's delightful cuz she's just like you know it'd be fun 
Let's just not have Baz and Simon be magical. Let's just mm-hmm. <laughs> have them be a florist and a tattoo artist. Anyway, um, so now I can get on talk about flowers. Yes. Which is, I think, I know I've talked about, I think we talked about the language of flowers in a very early episode of The Gary Prophet. Prophet. Yeah. But for those that don't know, the language of flowers sort of originated in the Victorian times as sort of a flower arrangements have secret meanings kind of way. And I actually managed, I actually learned today that like, so the like, one of the first books in English to be published about the language of flowers was published in like 1825. And because the internet is sometimes incredible, I found a like public domain like copy of it and was like flipping through it. (laughs) Cool. And there's like a bunch of other cool things like not just flowers, but plants. They had like turnip and potatoes having their own meanings. And I was like, this is incredible. (laughs) So talked about roses already. And like also specifically uh, rosebuds have meaning, which is pure or lovely as a meaning because i think because they because simon mentions like rose buds versus like open roses right you know a lot so i had to be like well rose buds have symbolism and they do and i think before i get into the the sort of uh what simon's tattoo flowers mean when i do my second reread today i'm like that seems like the kind of pretentious nerd who would also know the language of flowers, even if someone was just like, yeah, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so rosebuds are pu- mean pure or lovely. Um, Lily of the Valley is, uh, re- means return of happiness. Uh, Ivy, which is another one of the tattoos we, we get mentioned is, uh, affection, friendship, or fidelity. Hmm. That's ironic. That's an ironic thing to get to cover up your ex's name. <laughs> it's an ironic thing for your crush to tattoo over your ex's name. Yeah, that's really funny. Because I have to assume that Baz is doing this on purpose. <laughs> a well, little bit. I think, like, specifically that one, Simon says, like, that, that cover-up was harder and it ended up being a sprig of ivy. And, like looking at the shapes of both because i was like thinking about how these cover-ups would work like looking at the shapes of both names and now knowing that that went like down his middle finger which again just feels so sexual and weird <laughs> i can't <laughs> deal with it um i think it would be like you couldn't do something that had like a stem to cover up that name it needs something that's like leafing out along it and kind of twisty, probably, too. So I don't really know, like, what else you could have done for that that wouldn't have, that would have, like, effectively covered it. But I do think that Lily of the Valley for Agatha, you could pretty easily probably turn the letters into the, like, because the flowers are kind of, like, snow, like, bell-shaped. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he gets another one that involves buttercups. Right? I don't remember. Uh, sorry, the way that's written in my notes, I thought that I couldn't. No, never mind. That's he. Simon brings Baz buttercups later. So, yeah. So, yeah. And then, I don't know. the his uh, Simon's original, his initial bouquet that he gives to Baz, we've already kind of gone over that. It's very 
wedding e because it's like a lot of white flowers and a lot of it is just like you know love and young love and like beauty and like wedding e <laughs> which really. which ones mean what oh sorry so uh baby's breath is uh everlasting love and innocence um so i use a lot in weddings and i guess also baby showers i don't know Eucalyptus was, was a little bit difficult because it it couldn't find it in any of the original like Victorian text or like websites that were pulling it from like Victorian text. But it seems like uh, contemporarily like strength, protection, and abundance are all symbolisms with eucalyptus. That's probably like it originally was only in Australia, right? And I don't think it would grow in the United Kingdom. Like I think here it only grows in like on the West Coast. Yeah. Yeah. I actually read the Wikipedia article. Yeah. It grows in a lot of tropical and subtropical places. I mean, mainly now just because of sort of what a kind of cash crop a eucalyptus tree can be slash is. Yeah. So I assume they just like didn't even know about it probably. Yeah. And then, um, oh my God, I should have looked up a pronunciation. Delphinium. Delphinium. Thank you. Uh, means flight of fancy. And then uh, ruscus, I think is just sort of like some like green leaves, uh, means thoughtfulness and humility. And then we get, of course, white roses, which is young love, innocence, eternal beauty. More of that symbolism. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, and uh, buttercups are, means uh, childness, childishness, which is a very strange meaning for buttercups. But huh. there you go. So that is all the flower and plant symbolism we get for this section. Simon would be so ashamed of us for caring. <laughs> he sure would be. That's fine. I feel like and this is gonna sound ridiculous. I feel like Penny seems like more the person who would listen to podcasts than Simon does. That's true. Or the podcast Simon listens to would be about like sports. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say that he listened to like maybe like a sports podcast, and then a lot of like I don't know. I want to say like. I feel like Simon's taste in music would probably also be really basic. Yeah. So like, I don't know, like gay club remixes of songs and like bro yacht. I mean, bro, like bro rock or something. Yeah. I bet Simon would listen to like, like funny podcasts that were like not thinky, you know? I don't know. I feel like he could, he would probably be into sort of like NPR Saturday programming type (laughs) stuff, you know? Which is not a bad thing, listeners. Yeah. I enjoy many of the things that play, play on NPR on Saturdays, but I feel like that's sort of Simon's level of, like, nerdy input. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm uh, team Baz can fix him. <laughs> Baz is also team Baz can fix him. Yeah. <laughs> god because honestly like no amount of like crushing and being attracted to each other and whatever would overcome the absolute absence of things for them to talk about unless they're both very willing to get into the things that the other one is into yeah which right now feels like it's probably solidly nothing so maybe playing soccer they play soccer together (laughs) football whatever Mm mm-hmm Tattoos are a shared interest. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. But that's fine. Learning to care about the things your partner cares about is the foundation of a good relationship. So, 
Right. Yeah. And that's what like casual dating is about, like finding out stuff about people whenever they get to that, if they get to that part. Mm-hmm. Anything else? I don't have anything else. Excellent. All right. Thanks, everyone. Uh, we will be back in two weeks with the second half of this zine. And yeah, until next time. Scatamoosh! Scatamoosh.